Andrew the GIF Gifford. Uh, I'm Mike Moody filling in for GIF this morning. He will be speaking on his subject this quarter will be the subject of resurrection, of the resurrection. Uh, and so in thinking about what we could do to set up for that, I didn't want to step on any of his material, so I thought it would be very appropriate for us to talk about the crucifixion today, and in particular, how the four Gospels are in harmony as they come together to tell one story. You know, among the twelve apostles, only two were chosen to tell the story of Jesus, Matthew and John. Uh, Mark and Luke were disciples, but not the original twelve named uh, apostles. And I find that interesting that, uh, that only two of the apostles who are with Jesus throughout his ministry were, were uh, tapped to, to uh, tell his story, tell the story of Jesus. But I would have loved the day-to-day -day, uh, telling from, the, from all 12, all 12 of the apostles, and I do mean all 12, uh, the, the fiery Peter, uh, young Timothy. I would have even loved to have uh, read uh, not loved, but been intrigued at Judas. What his telling, because uh, as, we'll, as we'll see a little bit later, uh, he uh, fell into this, you know, the, this sense of uh, betrayal, and then uh, at the very end tried to uh, undo that. So what was going through his mind day after day after day when he was with our Lord and Savior? I, I, I don't find that, I wouldn't say necessarily entertaining, but certainly... Uh, it would be uh, an interesting read. Uh, we don't know why these four were chosen, but they were, and four were chosen. Why were four? Why not just one? Why not just one, uh, say, Matthew, very detail-oriented? Why was he just not, you tell the story of the life of Christ, and uh, then that will suffice? Because it's, it's interesting to see that each one had their own perspective, and, and that's how you get a full picture uh, when we talk about the different authors that we have, we, we see that they are, and just note, they did not walk around with glowy, that, that was just something that uh, uh, Catholicism kind of introduced into the paintings of all these original uh, these uh, apostles, but uh, they were a diverse group of people that all had a different perspective looking at the one subject of the ministry of Christ and the life of Christ. I'm reminded of a movie from 2008 called Vantage Point, uh, starring Dennis Quaid, Forrest Whitaker, and others. And the premise of this movie was that the president uh, goes to an event on foreign, on foreign soil and uh, different people who saw parts of what happened during that event. So, the, so he has to piece that together to get the whole picture. And when I think about that, that's exactly what I think of when I think of the Gospels. They are four different parts of, a, of one story. And it's very, uh, it, it should be an important part for us as Christians today to know that without all four of them, we have an incomplete picture. Now, we can do one. We can certainly take one uh, story and get uh, the, all of the major points that we would need uh, for our salvation. But to get a full and complete picture, there are things that some authors focused on that others did not. So I, I find it interesting uh, that the, the telling of this really 
the full picture comes as we bring all of those uh, those four gospel vicious goal for one class. But what I'd like to, to do today is go through the story of uh, Jesus, not the whole story. There's no way we could do that in one, in one telling. But I'd like to start with the Garden of Gethsemane because that's really the, the part because we're going to be focusing on the crucifixion. So we start with the Garden of Gethsemane, that moment, and we're going to go to the tomb. So we're going to go from garden to grave uh, in the story. And what I'm going to attempt to do this morning is I'm, I've pulled all four Gospels together uh, to show you some interesting thing, things about uh, how we move through the story. And this is just, a, just one portion of uh, the Gospel story, but it is an interesting one that we can um, look at and hopefully we can glean some things and pull some uh, interesting things out of it. So let's begin with the Garden of Gethsemane. You'll note that there are that all four Gospels tell about the Garden, uh, the, and this is that Jesus tells his apostles that they will scatter like uh, like a fallen shepherd sheep. Uh, and Jesus uh, takes Peter, James, and John, the sons of thunder, to to the Garden. And and as we know in the story, Jesus falls. Uh, I mean, the, the apostles fall asleep as he goes, and this happens three times. He goes back and forth. But what I found interesting was uh, the, uh, that John's telling of it, John simply says they went to a, the garden. They went to a garden. No, no mention of the entire story. So if you just read John, you would not know about the apostles falling asleep and Jesus, so they're, uh, they're, they're tired or uh, lack of faith or however, it's, you want to, however it is interpreted. Uh, we can look at uh, this. So uh, an interesting point here uh, that... Uh, that John kind of, and John, you'll find throughout the gospel, uh, his telling, uh, he t takes a different take on just about any, uh, all of these things, a lot of them. Uh, next, we, we move from the, the prayer in the garden to the betrayal. Judas arrives with the crowd, uh, and in one, uh, one uh, gospel, uh, a uh, group of soldiers that he uh, hires, uh, a crowd, uh, and he gives them a signal that he says, the one that I call rabbi that I kiss. Uh, he is the one that you need to arrest. Now I find that interesting because Jesus has been there for some time every week in the synagogue. So it's like he's probably, he, he should have been the most well-recognized person uh, in town because of how he was, uh, because how he was putting himself out there and teaching in the synagogues. But they, uh, they have this a moment that he kisses him uh, and then they, uh, they seize him. Uh, also, uh, Peter, uh, he cuts off the ear of Malchus, one of the servants, uh, and Peter is not named in three of the Gospels, called one with him, uh, uh, strikes, uh, he, uh, pulls out his sword and, and strikes. And in only one telling, we hear that uh, Jesus heals the, uh, heals the ear, touches the ear and heals it. Uh, only so uh, we can see that um, uh, again a complete picture is definitely needed. Uh, here's an interesting side story that happens after he is seized by the group. Uh, Annas, who is who was a former high priest and the father-in-law of uh, Caiaphas, the current high priest, the true one of the true villains in the story. Uh, Annas was uh, one one gospel says that they took him to present him to Annas first who questioned him and then sent him to Caiaphas. Uh, I find that an interesting story that wasn't really something that uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke thought 
was, was noteworthy uh, in their telling of it, but uh, John seemed to say, hey, this might be an interesting little tidbit of information. So they take him, uh, Jesus, to uh, Annas and then to Caiaphas. So Jesus is tried by Caiaphas uh, and the Sanhedrin, and all of the Gospels certainly tell about that. Um, and uh, so Jesus is brought before Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin, falsely accused him. Uh, Caiaphas demands to know uh, that, that uh, if Jesus is the Son of God, Jesus says, uh, you have said so, and it just enrages him to the point, uh, in, one, in one gospel, enrages him to the point that he uh, tears his clothes, uh, and he, they, they cover, uh, in one version, he, they cover his eyes, and another, they cover his head, and uh, they, they, they strike him, and they spit on him, they, they say, uh, who, uh, who struck you? Uh, who, who hit you? You know, who struck you uh, as he's moving through the crowd? So, uh, in a, um, uh, a sense of, of, of um, a multifaceted uh, telling of the story, we find certain details that are brought to light uh, from certain Gospels, and this is one of those, the, the subtle details that you find that you would miss if you did not really line up all four and kind of read these sections. And also, the fact that uh, we are, this is being, go back and, and find these scriptures and, and match them up and, and make sure you tell me if I've made a mistake in some of the, <laughs> some of the uh, passages that I've hi highlighted, but, uh, but you could follow along with this if you want to. Uh, next, we have a very, uh, a, a very dramatic uh, seminal moment uh, in the telling where Peter denies Jesus. You know, earlier, even before they went into the garden, uh, Jesus said, when he told his, uh, his uh, apostles that uh, they will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter, Peter says, oh no, not me, Lord. I will never, even if I have to die, I will never deny you. And then the Lord gives him that famous uh, line that before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Uh, and so I'm sure the whole time he's thinking, this is just disbelief. But as we progress in the story, as, as it becomes real, in other words, because the crowd that showed up, there were reports that they had, uh, they had, they had, you know, swords and uh, you know, flames and all these things, torches, and they were. Uh, it was an angry mob, basically, uh, that uh, Judas had brought to arrest Jesus. So uh, it, it was getting real at that point. And uh, and as we know, uh, Peter, uh, wanting to warm himself by the fire, uh, was accused by a servant girl. In uh, of being one of Jesus' uh, disciples. Uh, and I find it interesting in, in one of the tellings that that girl was a relative of Malchus, of the servant that had his ear cut off uh, earlier in the story. So a relative of his was also a servant in the high priest chamber and was there with, uh, was at the fire also and looked at Peter and said, hey, you, you were the one who uh, you're with with that Jesus uh, character, aren't you? And and of course, instantly he denies it. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't I don't know you. So he leaves. Uh, a a slight departure in the telling, and it, and it, and it's again from their perspective. But the second uh, time that he's accused of being one of the apostles or disciples of Jesus, uh, in in one gospel it says that same girl came and uh, accused him in another telling. It said another servant came and did it. And then in a third, it said a uh, group or bystanders came and accused him a second time. Uh, 
that again, that's not that's not a relevant point. I just find it interesting that from their perspective, uh, they thought a, a someone came and, and told him so that was put in there. That is not one of those issues that I would put against uh, you know uh, a, a salvation based issue. That is a minor detail, but the main character in this in this part of the story is Peter and his reaction to what was happening to him. So uh, he was accused a second time. He he said, you know, he 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 fanned it off and he he went away. And but then in the third one, uh, it was they were called bystanders. Bystanders then said, hey, you were with him. You you speak like him. You know, you're uh, you are one of them. And so then he draws a curse on himself and curses and all of that and says, I I am not him. So, uh, but the the moment that I really focus on in this story is that moment when he denied him for that third time. Because at that third time, the rooster crowed. And in one of the Gospels, it said, and Jesus saw him. So they made eye contact at that moment. I would have, I, I would have missed that moment had I not read all of them together. And I read a different, I think that was Matthew, but a, a different uh, uh, telling of the, the story. But how uh, profound that moment, how low would you have felt if you had first said, there is no way, Lord, I'm ever going to deny you. And after everything fulfilling, as it was told by Jesus to turn and in a, across the room or across the crowd, have Jesus look right at you and you see that. Uh, one telling said that he wept bitterly. Another said he ran out and wept bitterly. But uh, certainly that moment, how, uh, you know, I would have uh, just felt... Lo the lowest I could possibly feel having done exactly what he said uh, was going to happen. So Peter denies Jesus. Next we see Jesus condemned by the Sanhedrin. Uh, the next morning, uh, the high priest and the Sanhedrin uh, met to uh, condemn Jesus and uh, they were still, uh, uh, they bound him and they were going to uh, Lead him, lead him to Pilate. But they asked him, "If you, uh, if you tell us, we will believe." You know, Jesus said, "Even if I told you I was, you would not believe me." They, they had their minds made up, and he knew that. So there was nothing that he could say that would have changed their minds. And uh, in the back of Jesus' mind, I'm sure he knew this is this is the fulfillment of prophecy. This is this is my purpose uh, on earth. Uh, so uh, they asked him again. Uh, you know, are you the son of God? And he says, you have, you have said it. And three of the gospels had that interaction uh, noted uh, in, uh, in their telling. Now, this is uh, also uh, equally um, interesting, I'll say, as the denial of Peter in that moment is the fate of Judas. Because Judas, that story, we all know the story of what happened to Judas, uh, how uh, his ending, but uh, oh, did you did you realize that it was that only one gospel told that story? The other gospels did not mention that, so that would have been a big hole in that story and a significant one. Because I don't know if you're like me, but in some of these movies, you know, you got the bad guy, the villain, the antagonist uh, in the movie. You you want to see him get their just desserts. You know, you 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 want to have that fulfillment. Like yeah. He got what they deserve, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I would have, I would have needed that with Judas because of what he did 
even though it was to fulfill a great uh, need in our lives today, uh, still the manner at which he did it and the, the fact that all of this progressed over so much time and, uh, and his just the, 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 the blackness of his heart growing over time. Um, but in that, in that story, of course, we know that uh, he actually had a remorse at that, at that moment. He realized what he had actually done. He went back to the high priest and, and, the, uh, and the council and he said, I, I don't want to have any, this is an innocent man. Take back this, the, the 30 pieces. And they said, we can't put that money in our, in our treasury. You know, we can't, we can't take that money. Uh, it's blood money. So he threw it on the ground and he went out and uh, we know that he hung himself. And I also find it uh, an interesting note that the next reference we hear of, the only other reference we hear of Judas is found by Luke in the writing in Acts where he went to some, uh, I would say some gruesome detail about what happened to Judas. I won't go into that, uh, but uh, I encourage you to read that, Acts 1, 18 and 19. But the, um, uh, what they did, of course, with the money is they took that money, that blood money, and they said, we can't put this in our treasury. It's, it's tainted money. So they took it and they bought a field, a potter's field, uh, for, uh, for poor uh, graves. And, and they called it the field of blood. And that was the, the name of it. So they used that. And uh, that was the, the end of, of uh, Judas, as told by uh, Matthew and a reference by Luke later on. So now Jesus is brought to Pilate for the first time. Uh, a very interesting story because Pilate was, he wasn't a Jew, certainly. Uh, he wasn't a part of uh, their world and he didn't really care about their world. So he had his own uh, governance to, to worry about. Uh, so when he brought him in, they, uh, he, they, they were accusing him. They, the Pilate asked, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus replied, you have said so. Uh, and so then the chief priests and the Sanhedrin, they're continuously uh, you know, uh, falsely accusing him, bringing false testimony and all this. And uh, the thing that impressed uh, Pilate so much was that Jesus said nothing. He did not answer them, uh, their charges. And you would think that someone in, in, Pilate, in Pilate's mind, thinking that if someone was innocent, my goodness, they'd, they'd be defending themselves to the death. They'd be, uh, you know, vehemently uh, defending themselves and, and uh, raising their voice and this kind of thing. And he uh, just stood there silent, uh, in which really impressed Pilate. And um, uh, so they, uh, they, they do this, uh, they, they do this act. And so Pilate, probably looking for a way out of this situation, w wanted to, uh, when he realized that uh, where Jesus was from, when he was from Galilee, he said, oh, that's, that's Herod's territory. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ship, I'll ship him off to uh, Herod and let Herod deal with him. Uh, and um, again, this interaction only told in one gospel, in the gospel of Luke. But uh, what I found interesting about Herod was, I would say the term we might use today is Herod was kind of a fanboy of Jesus. He was not a, an apostle, I mean a disciple. He was not one who believed that Jesus was the Son of God. But he had heard all of these crazy stories about these wild miracles and these great works and, and this kind of thing. And so Herod was actually delighted that Jesus was going to come and see him. And he said, oh, I'm going to get him to do some parlor tricks. You know, I'm going to get him to levitate or do some you know, fancy tricks and this kind of thing. So, that, so when, he brought, uh, when he brought Jesus in, 
Herod questioned him intently, you know, extensively uh, uh, questioning him, wanting him to do some of these. And of course, Jesus did not uh, did not uh, fall for that. He did not uh, give in to that uh, those because he knew his role in this in this uh, you know this terrible story. He knew what his role was. But uh, Herod uh, eventually just got so fed up with it. He was just mad with it because he wanted. He wanted fireworks and sparks and tricks and all these kinds of things and got nothing from this guy. So he turns around and he, they put some mock robes on him and uh, they mock him and, uh, and uh, strike him and, and this kind of thing. And they, um, they said, well, we, we don't have, you know, I don't, I don't care to deal with this because he made me mad anyway. I'm shipping him back to Pilate. So he shipped him back to Pilate and made it Pilate's issue to have to deal with. So... The, uh, so Jesus is now brought back to Pilate a second time, and uh, it's it's uh, one of those uh, one of those moments where uh, Pilate is uh, is actually not finding. He said, "I find no guilt in this man." You know, throughout this story, he really fi- finds nothing that he can accuse him of, uh, and really uh, eventually turns it over to the Jews and say, "You deal with it," uh, but. I find it interesting in a telling of the gospel, one of the gospels that uh, in Matthew that his wife comes to him, Pilate's wife comes to him and said, have nothing to do with this holy man. He, he, I've been having bad dreams about this. Just, just get rid of him uh, and, uh, and don't do that. And then uh, as, as we bring all these stories together, one of the more, uh, I, I would say, uh, idiotic things that, that is said by the Jews, uh, they they are so bloodthirsty for revenge because they've been worked up by the high priest and by the Sanhedrin who are uh, against him anyway, uh, more likely against uh, the thought of losing their power more than anything. But they, uh, the, the, the Jews say uh, in, in um, uh, Matthew, they said, uh, let his blood be on our heads and on our children's heads. I mean, if you were, how, how mad would you have to be to bring a curse on you and your children, uh, they they were just they just saw blood in their eyes, and they just wanted some sort of revenge. And they more than likely they, they didn't even know why. They were just all worked up by the high priest, and they wanted some sort of revenge for this. So uh, they they said that moment, saying that one kind of sticks out in my mind. Why why would you why would you even if you were in a furor over over this event and wanting to uh, you know rush the guy and and all these kinds of things. Uh, bring that upon yourself. So uh, then he says, um, uh, then he just says, we'll, we'll just see to it, but the Romans will handle the execution, but put them kind of uh, in the driver's seat of it. So uh, two of the Gospels in the next event that happens, two of the Gospels tell of the Roman soldiers pulling him into the, uh, into the headquarters uh, of Pilate and uh, surrounding him and uh, uh, putting on a, a red robe, taking off the, the fake uh, royal robes he had and putting a red robe. And this is where they twist the crown of thorns and put, put it on his head uh, and they uh, put a reed in his hand. And so they're, they're mocking him. Hail, King of the Jews. You know, they're, uh, they're just really making fun of him and this kind of thing. And he's just, he's just taking it. He's taking it all. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, of grown-ups when, they're, when, you, when you have children our parents, when you have children who are kind of uh, acting a little, a little out of bounds, a little <coughs> crazy, 
uh, you're looking at them like, that's just so pitiful, you know, <laughs> how they're acting that way. And I can just see Jesus looking at them saying, these, these poor, un- misguided, unfortunate children uh, acting this way. But still, the, the, uh, they, they finished, they took the reed and they struck him with it. Uh, they spit on him uh, they, and, and struck him and mocked him and all of these things. And then when they had had their fun with him, uh, they sent him back uh, out or, or we then go to uh, the road to Golgotha. Uh, and on the road to Golgotha, of course, we know that, um, that Jesus uh, is then, uh, he, he's, he's been flogged. He's been uh, beaten continuously, you know, throughout the two days. And uh, so they press uh, Simon of Cyrene uh, into service to uh, help him carry that cross. And in uh, Matthew, king of details, Matthew uh, says, uh, Oh, assure him saying a whole lot. But Jesus actually has a conversation with the women who are following behind him uh, on the road to Golgotha. Uh, and uh, I encourage you to uh, look into that a little bit further, but it's a very profound uh, statement uh, or conversation that he has. So he's uh, so at this point, we've, we've gone to the place of the skull, Golgotha, uh, and Jesus is crucified. Uh, he's crucified between two robbers, uh, and according to uh, the fulfillment of scriptures, they divided his garments and they saw his cloak and it was, they were going to tear it up. But he said, man, this is just one piece. This cloak is so nice. Let's not uh, tear it up. We'll just cast lots to see who wins it in a game of chance or something like that. So they did that uh, to the fulfillment of scripture. And uh, uh, the uh, again, reading only one of the... Um, it, reading only Matthew, and and I, I've kind of tried to reason in my own mind what had happened because we all know the story that uh, one of the robbers uh, said, "Save me, uh, Lord." He believed in him, save me, and and Jesus says, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." But uh, according to Matthew, uh, both of the robbers reviled Jesus in the same manner that people were going by saying, he saved others, he can't save himself, come down. If you're, if you're the Messiah, come down, this kind of thing. So I'm imagining that when they first got up there, the robbers were just part of the crowd. Uh, they were being crucified as well, but they were you know, piling on, and one of them had a change of heart uh, because he then uh, appealed to Jesus, uh, believing him, and then, wa- and then uh, Jesus told him that he would be with him in paradise. So um, the, uh, another uh, very interesting point that happens at this moment, when he is crucified, Pilate, uh, in three different languages, puts, uh, this is Jesus, King of the Jews, over the cross, uh, over the head of Jesus on the cross. Uh, and that will come into play uh, shortly. But when, uh, so after Jesus has been crucified, there are events that happen uh, following this um, so when, uh, so speaking of, let me get to that, the, uh, the death of Jesus, uh, there are several things that Jesus says at this time, but they are not spoken about in every gospel. Uh, the, uh, the, um, when Jesus says uh, to them, let me find that point. Uh, the, when he 
Well, my iPad is going crazy on me now. That's great. So, there, so, after, uh, so when he is up there, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Told in one of the Gospels. And, and they're saying that uh, uh, he's, he's speaking to Elijah. Let's just wait and see uh, if Li- Elijah will come and see him uh, or come and save him. And then he says in, in one telling, I thirst. That's not mentioned in some of the other Gospels. He says, I thirst. They, he is given sour wine on a sponge with a branch, a hyssop branch or, or some pole or something, uh, and he is given to him. Now, in one version, they said they gave it to him after the Elijah comment, but he, didn't, he had not mentioned that I thirst. Uh, but in another, he said, I thirst, and they gave him that sour wine, and he took it, and he said, um, in, in one gospel, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Uh, and in another... Uh, he said, it is finished. And when he breathed his last, several of the versions just say, uh, or a couple of them say, he cried out and breathed his last. They did not, they did not hear it or de- did not remember it or were not privy to it that he said anything before he died. They said he cried out. So uh, again, <clears throat> looking at one or two of the Gospels, you might have missed the point that he did say, it is finished. And what would that it is finished mean? Of course, that would mean that he is uh, uh, he has fulfilled he has fulfilled his duty on earth to be that uh, that sacrifice. So uh, the uh, so Jesus uh, dies, and the interesting part of uh, that as uh, when he is on the cross is Caiaphas comes back in. Our our old villain uh, Caiaphas, the high priest, comes in. <clears throat> Excuse me, and goes to Pilate and says, "Hey, don't, don't, don't have that up on there. I don't want. We don't want people coming in and saying uh, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. You need to say something like this is Jesus who said he was the King of the Jews. We don't want people saying that. Pilate, who probably didn't want to deal with this stuff anyway and did not find any guilt with Jesus in the first place, uh, and had earlier tried to release him." Uh, and I missed that point, but tried to release him earlier and uh, instead released Barabbas, who was just a, a terrible human being and a robber and part of an uprising and all these different things, uh, and they released Barabbas instead of him. Uh, but he said um, that uh, Caiaphas did not want that, that sign up there, and Pilate turns to him and says, he says, hey, what I've written, I've written. I, I'm, I'm done with this. Just, just deal with it, basically, is what he was saying. So Caiaphas uh, did not have, you know, he, he was uh, not feeling great about this. And he's going to come back even again shortly. So uh, our Lord and Savior breathes his last and he uh, dies. And the events that follow, as we bring the Gospels together, the events that follow, uh, three of them tell of these events, the, um, the, uh, uh, to- the tearing of the curtain uh, in the temple from top to bottom. Uh, it, it's interesting, and I want to say it was Luke, but uh, actually says that the temple uh, uh, tore, the, the, the barrier tore uh, before Jesus died. Uh, probably, you know, just that, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't think that would have happened because all of this had to happen simultaneously, really. He passes, the earthquakes, the temple wall, or the, the curtain is torn from top to bottom. And uh, then Matthew uh, brings out an interesting point that we don't read in any of the other Gospels that, uh, that dead, the dead 
rose, some of dead rose and went into the city and presented themselves and this kind of thing. That's uh, and a very interesting point uh, that you don't really get. Now, that would have uh, certainly been uh, a frightening uh, thing to see uh, if uh, people were ri- raising, being raised from the dead and coming in, walking into town. Uh, and the uh, centurion who said, uh, he said possibly, he said two things. We do know that the one, the, the most commonly uh, uttered one, truly this man was the son of God. Uh, but in another uh, gospel, it says, certainly this man was innocent. Uh, probably said both of those things. But, uh, but again, part of the whole picture, bringing those together. So, uh, so he breathes his last, and then, we enter, uh, then enters Joseph of Arimathea, who was a member of the council of the Sanhedrin, uh, and he did not believe in what they were doing anyway. He, he, was, uh, he was a follower of Christ and, and was not in favor of this action uh, in the first place. So uh, you know that, you, you know, you're thinking that in his position, look at the, the crowd was up in an uproar and all of these things that had happened and all of these great, the, these wonders, the darkening of the sky for three hours and uh, the uh, earthquake and all of the things that are happening. Um, but he was a part of the crowd that really instigated all of this. And so in one of the Gospels, it says that he uh, took courage. He had to take courage to go talk to Pilate because he wanted to get the body of Jesus uh, to bury him. And Pilate did not even realize that he was dead at that point and sent uh, soldiers to check. And that's where we have the breaking of the legs of the robbers. And uh, they found that Jesus was dead, pierced his side, uh, and uh, found that he was dead, and then gave his body to uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, and uh, I, I would have missed this interesting point uh, also had I not uh, uh, correlated all the Gospels together, but uh, our, our, old, uh, our old teacher, the, the great teacher of Israel, Nicodemus, uh, comes back into play and also assists Joseph of, uh, with his burial, with oils, with his with myrrh, I think, but assists him with the burial of Jesus, uh, and uh, not really told about in the others. It's mostly just Joseph of Arimathea, who had a who had a new hewn tomb out of rock uh, that he placed him in. Uh, but uh, Nicodemus and Nicodemus, this is the same one that had uh, had questions for Jesus. So went to him by night, and and they spoke at length. Uh, so Nicodemus comes back in to assist Joseph uh, in his burial. And uh, then we, we see an interesting point that, uh, that the ladies, uh, Salome, Mary Magdalene, Mary, uh, the other Mary, uh, as they call her, uh, they are, uh, in, in two of the Gospels, they are there witnessing it. So they're, uh, they, they're preparing for the Sabbath and they can't really deal with this, you know, at, at, at the time of, uh, of the burial. Uh, so they at least, this gives us an indication that they knew where he was buried. Because uh, I'm sure that when Joseph took the body of Jesus with him, uh, he did not make a big deal of it. It wasn't a big parade going there. I'm sure it was kind of stealthy uh, because he did not want his fellow council uh, men to see him doing these things uh, and or, or any of the people that were a part of this mob that had, uh, that had caused all of these things to happen. So uh, they happened to have, uh, or Mary, the two Marys and Salome were there 
who witnessed it across the way or followed them, one, one said, along to the burial uh, place. So that burial, this is that, these are the references of the burial that all four Gospels do talk about that. And so our, our last, uh, the last thing we read about before we get to the good stuff that, uh, that GIF is going to talk about next week uh, is, uh, once again, uh, Caiaphas come, uh, decides to have one last shot at it uh, and goes back to Pilate and says, uh, you know, he said that he was going to, you know, the, the temple was going to break down the temple and rebuild it in three days. And I find that interesting that at the time that he said it, they were thinking there's no way he could destroy the whole temple uh, and build it back in three days, meaning the structure of the building. He, of course, was not meaning that. And it, it, it appears here, based on what Caiaphas says to Pilate, that Caiaphas knew that too. He knew what he was talking about. He said that he would rebuild a temple in three days, and he didn't want, one, Jesus to actually come back to life, or two, uh, his followers to come and take his body and claim that he had come back to life. So he appealed to Pilate one last time and said, can you place guards outside the tomb? And Pilate uh, granted him that, uh, uh, once again, only found in Matthew, this, this interaction. So they placed the guards uh, in front of the tomb. And uh, I would not want to, want to have been the guards on Sunday, uh, on that day, because I don't know what they were doing, if they were on a union break or something. I don't know what was happening, but uh, they were not there uh, at their post uh, guarding that tomb as they were instructed to do. So uh, then... Um, I don't want to give it away, but there's, <laughs> but there's some really good stuff coming. Wow, timing. Um, so for next week, uh, it's interesting that GIF is going to pull, and I don't know exactly what, how he's going to approach it, but uh, next week uh, he will begin a lesson on resurrection, and that will, be, uh, that will come from Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, and John 20 and 21. I would encourage you this week, to read those. Read them together if you can. If you have four Bibles, you could read them out if you want to. But uh, read them and, and, and fill in those gaps. There, there may be something that Matthew says, although Matthew has such great detail. Uh, John ha thinks outside the box a lot when he's doing it. And Luke, the physician, and uh, Mark dealing with the, the, the deity of, of, of Jesus and uh, focusing on the, the, his aspects of the Son of God. But I encourage you to read those. Uh, this week, uh, Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20 and 21, to, to uh, really get that full picture, bring all of those pieces together so that you can get a complete uh, story of how our Lord and Savior was raised. And with that, I thank you for your time.